<laughs> okay, Sean Morgan, so great to have you on the podcast today. And obviously, you are the host of an awesome podcast yourself, Q and on FAQ. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you got into this world and all about you? Sure. I would call myself a researcher and a truther um, for most of my life. You know, I'm, I'm of that generation, the first generation that grew up with the internet. And uh, I went down those rabbit holes when I was a teenager to find out the truth about September 11th and, and so forth. And um, this kind of reached a point um, that was really interesting in, in 2017 and 2018 of researching this anonymous poster that called themselves Q. And um, and this, this seems to be uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, intelligence drops uh, to the public ever. And um, seems to be an, a government insider uh, connected to the Trump administration. And they've been dropping over, over 4,000 posts in the last three years. And uh, a lot of things that were not featured in the mainstream media turned out to be true that the, the Q has talked about, such as there being no Russian collusion hoax and, and, and so forth. So everything that the mainstream media got wrong, Q got right. And that's why I kept listening and kept researching. And um, this year I started a channel to introduce Q to beginners. And that includes a free ebook and a free video course. And, um, and so that's how I got started. And definitely, um, I have received that and everything that's in there is fabulous. By the time I, I got that, I was so far along in the process, but I actually was glad to get it to share with people who were reaching out to me to say, hey, where can I find more information about this? And it's really um, all inclusive. So I encourage anyone who's listening that wants to know more to head on over and check that out. Um, and I'll put, I'll try to put that in the show notes as well. Um, on that note, kind of talking about mainstream media, you know, Q had said that there was, you know, panic in DC, but that there would also be this time where we QAnons would really be kind of thrown under the bus and made to look like we're the, the problem child, et cetera. And I'm seeing that unfolding now. I kind of laugh when they call it a cult or they call it this or that. It's like, they're, they're so reaching for anything. Um, and, and that's, and that's just absolutely not what it's about at all. It's exactly what you described, uh, basically an information sharing from an inside standpoint where it's really up to us, the anons to kind of research and dive a little deeper. Why do you think, I mean, obviously we know, but why do you think all of a sudden they're kind of coming at it with, with guns blazing? Things are really heating up to a point of public disclosure about the crimes of the deep state. And those those crimes include um, systematic child abuse, pedophilia, sexualized child trafficking, things like that. This is the stuff that Q's been shining a light on for almost three years. And this is the this is like the Achilles heel of the deep state. Um, that once once the public finds out that there is this systemic child abuse um, amongst the elite and it's part of their their whole MO, uh, it's really game over for them because uh, that's something, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, you want justice for, for children, you, you want to protect innocence. And so 
Q is one of the biggest threats to that narrative um, that they they want to keep going this this narrative that uh, it's just a conspiracy theory that human trafficking and child sex trafficking is is uh, is systemic, and so the mainstream media is owned by six major corporations. And the Chinese have bought up a lot of the shareholder value of those corporations. And so what you're getting from these mainstream medias are just um, complete propaganda. And what they often do is project their own crimes onto others. They, they say that Q is a cult. That's because the DNA is a cult. They say that... Uh, that Q is is white supremacist and and neo Nazi because that's what they are. So um, and they say it's anti Semitic. It's always projection. Um, Q is is nonviolent. Q involves the Socratic method of asking questions and getting people to think for themselves. And I and I love what you say because I've seen this. Um, you know, just independently of as I've shared things. Uh, you know about opinions and various different information about masking and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've had people call me names and different things like that. And I'm like, it's interesting how it's really like I'm holding up a mirror. <laughs> <You know? Right>. <laughs> I mean, the, the projection is, is definitely intense. And a lot of that obviously is coming from a space of cognitive dissonance. So as a psychotherapist, I can see that and I can understand that in the beginning, I took it personal and now I'm so far past that. Um, kind of, kind of tapping more into like the topics of ascension and, and just kind of elevating consciousness, um, the collective vibration right. of thought and all that kind of going deeper and really feeling strength and resolve when, when faced with the attacks. But one of the things that you've seen a lot lately is utter and complete censorship. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't really believe it until it happens to you. The, because we're so used to, as Americans, having a freedom of speech guaranteed by the law. And, uh, and so far, the big tech giants have really respected that. Uh, but until lately, it seems like if you start talking about a certain taboo subject, like vaccine truth, or, or talking about COVID-19, or talking about QAnon, they will go stop at nothing to silence you. And it starts out small. They start editorializing you. They start putting a little warning label under your content. And it gets to the point where, where if they have to, they'll deplatform you. And so I've had my, not only my Facebook page and my Facebook group banned, but I had my personal Facebook deplatformed. Uh, my YouTube channel's been taken offline. My, my Patreon, which was my main financial support for my business was taken off. All of this has happened just in this last month because we're running up to the election and this is called election interference. They don't want uh, the big, because the big tech giants are also compromised. Um, you know, those shareholders uh, are part of this elite group. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're willing to do anything to keep this information from going viral. And so it just proves to me that what Q has been posting is is on, on target because if it wasn't, they wouldn't feel so threatened by it. Absolutely. You know, Flynn recently posted, I think it was Flynn, and said it doesn't matter how small or big share the, share the information. And it, it's interesting because these big, you know, truther accounts have been taken down at 300,000, 100,000, 50,000, 10,000, whatever. Um, and I've had my own fair share of Instagram woes this year, but 
you know, even with an account of 400 now, it's like, I'm, I'm sharing it because I agree with that. I think that I share and, you know, maybe 70 people share that. And then those 70 people share that. And that's how the information really is going to get out. And and more importantly, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about is really, they're not going to willingly give us our freedom back. The, the liberties that we so easily handed over, we're going to have to take them back. And so a lot of what I've been kind of sharing on mine is just, encouraging people and empowering people to live from your heart space and know if this doesn't align with you, it it's not right. And you know, that you've got to stand up for what you believe in your spirit and your soul. But so many people, it's crazy, are still sleeping. They they can't fathom the idea that doctors have been censored, you know, that that those doctors are the quack doctors. They're not the right doctors, things like that. I mean, so many yes. big accounts tree. Our podcast, all that is, has been censored, and it's it's so easy for me to see this blatantness. But so many people aren't. How do you handle that? How do you handle the people that are like slow to wake? Yeah, this is that that uh, psychological emotional lesson that you were talking about. Uh, it kind of comes down to standing in your own sovereignty, and um, you know, what, part of the problem. What has actually enabled? Uh, the power structures that be to operate for so long is because of obedience to authority because they've they've um, really capitalized and leveraged parts of the human psyche the fact that we we do follow leaders the fact that we do um, want to be accepted by the group we're, we're, we're herd animals um, you know we're pack animals we we really respond that way. And so Facebook, for example, I was one of only two people of the thousand people in my network on Facebook talking about QAnon. But the, you know, that's that's all it takes to, is one leader to stand up and say something and then other people start following. And, and so what you have is is this shaming. Um, you know, the people who, who if the narrative that you're saying th- threatens their psychological safety, uh, then they will seek to shame you. And uh, shame is a really low vibration, you know. And so I've had to deal with that. Luckily, my family's, you know, uh, on the more accepting side. Uh, But I've had to just really practice being coming from my own truth and, and standing in my own truth and sovereignty. I guess that's what this whole process of great awakening is really about is, is saying, Hey, uh, I'm going to stand up for what's right and what I believe in. As you were talking, I wrote down shaming and then you said it and that's so spot on. I, I live in a rural America. I have a friend who visited from the Bay, uh, the Bay area where it is very intense on masks and different things like that. And she actually went back home you know, having been here where there was normalcy, went back home and said she had a dream that she was in the middle of a group of people with masks on and she had none on. And she felt so guilty and so shameful and all of that. And and that's exactly what they're banking on there. And I've been a rule follower my whole life, never been in trouble, you know, so 
uh, it took a lot, but what ultimately got me there was what you talked about living my truth and knowing in my heart that that was not what aligned with me. And, and that was really what gave me the resolve to stop wearing a mask since May really. And I know we're talking about masks and, and I know it's different than, than QAnon, but, it, but it is all interconnected. It, it is so much. And so when I started reading the Q drops in early 2020, so late to the game, but certainly earlier than some, I felt for many years that something didn't jive, something just wasn't right. And I'd actually worked in mainstream media myself. So uh, one of the things that I felt lately is like this information. <laughs> like when I first started reading the Q drops, I could, I could handle it. You know what I mean? I could read it and I could kind of draw some connections and I could play with that and I could seek out more information on podcasts and that sort of thing. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, things are happening so fast. It's, it's almost overwhelming. It's like hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um, I heard that, that we have more information in like 24 hours than in the seventies people had in their entire lifetime. Um, so it's, it is a lot and we have to learn how to balance uh, our, our digestion of information. I know for me, because I'm covering breaking news, I really try to stay informed, uh, but I have to, you know, connect with nature and my family and, and everything to, to make sure that I don't get overwhelmed. Um, that's, that is important. One of the things that I have, have just really struggled with late and not struggled with, but just it's been very difficult to even watch a movie or a television show without seeing how they hide stuff in, in very plain sight. So not hidden at all. And my sister-in-law actually messaged me the other day and said the blacklist, which I watched years ago, I watched that series like years ago, like two years ago, whenever it first came out, she says, all they talk about is the cabal. And, and then I was thinking back on it and I'm like, yeah, he did talk about the cabal. And the whole thing was they were taking down the deep state on that show. So it's wild. What what do you think about what do you think about how that's playing out for them now? The fact that they hid so much in plain sight for so long, and now that there are so many people that are privy to this, you know, it just kind of confirms for everybody. What what do you think about that? Q has said that symbolism will be their downfall, and so there's just something about their worldview, their religion. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, that they feel the need to embed uh, symbolism in everything. If you look at the Democratic National Committee's uh, conference this year, they had Death to America, they had the Baphomet, <laughs> Baphomet satanic symbol right in the logo. Um, you know, it, it's just in everything. It, the three, The three red... Marks in Biden is a symbolism for for China, uh, so so Biden is owned by China and he embeds that in his his campaign logo, the three red banners. You can go on Wikipedia and just look up the three three red banners symbolize. Um, so uh, yeah, I know I can't watch Disney or any of these kids things without seeing pedophile symbols in it now, which is really disturbing. Um, but it, it will be their downfall. You know, that is that is a weakness that can be exploited and it can be used to wake people up. And um, and so, you know, what, what they're doing with symbols is, is dark magic. Uh, they do a lot of predictive programming. That's why you had a lot of these movies and series and and 
exercises and so forth related to coronavirus and pandemics right before it actually happened. Yeah, that was mind blowing. Um, you know, in watching pandemic and and kind of seeing all that play out, and I'd heard of Agenda Twenty One and some of those various different things, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. You know, it, it was kind of one of yeah. I mean, you can justify so much when you're in denial, <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I'd love to be proven wrong, right? But well, when the when the when the time frame is is slow, and when the changes are slow and insidious you don't really feel like it's an emergency like back even just a couple of months ago to say that that twitter would censor the president or, or or that they would stop the new york post from posting an article it, it seemed kind of ridiculous because like why how could they do that we live in america we have a constitutional uh, rights the freedom of speech we have the rule of law how could that happen? But yet it's happening before our eyes. So when the timeline starts getting more aggressive, uh, it starts to become a lot like painfully obvious. Whereas if you take these little things that have been happening over decades, uh, then it's it's too slow to to really notice. Yeah, and just on that, I was I was reflecting on how they silenced Caitlin McEnany. And what's funny about that is every time somebody would ask her a question to be watching her, like her answer is exactly what I was thinking. Like, I swear that girl is my spirit sister on some <laughs> other level. Just, uh, I'm sure a lot of women feel that way about it. It, it. I remember back in March, I was talking to uh, an attorney and the attorney said, well, that would never happen, referencing the Italian shutdown. That would never happen here in America. And my response was, don't be so sure. And she said, no, there are laws that protect us against that constitutional rights. And I was like, okay. And then sure enough, you know, California yeah. and much of the nation, but especially California was shut down in June. And both of you are right, because they instituted it, but it wasn't lawful. So, right, so it can right. happen if you have if you have politicians that are willing to go against the law, but on a permanent kind of basis, as long as we have our system in place, then those things will be pronounced unconstitutional by our Supreme Court eventually. Gosh, I, you know, being in California, it's just it it's been such a joke. It's literally like living in some movie. I mean, it's just not even, and it's so hard sometimes to just be, you know what I mean? When I see somebody hiking in the wilderness with a mask on, for example, and I got told that I was horribly shameful and how dare I do that as a psychotherapist, make a comment about a person, how dare I know their life and whatever. But the point is like in my most guttural, basic, like instinctual body, I know that walking in nature is healthy and good and you don't need a flipping mask on to do it. Like yeah, that's just granted, critical thinking. Right. You know, and I don't know their personal situation, whatever, but I mean, okay, I get that. So maybe I overstepped my bounds there, but it's not one person. I've seen many people doing this. People well wear within the phone in their cars. It, it's, yeah. it's it, because people aren't thinking, you know, people are going, making all these decisions based on emotion, not, not based on, I mean, masks have holes in them that are bigger than the, the viral 
the right. virus if we itself. just look at the 0.1 micron that a <laughs> coronavirus is yeah and the yeah. cdc releases this thing because we have all these wildfires here and they say that your your cloth mask that you are wearing to protect you from the coronavirus will not protect you from wildfire smoke the wildfire smoke micron is five the coronavirus is 0.1 so you're saying that the 0.1 can't get through the mask but the five can like it's just basic logic, you know, basic, but right. yeah. And when first, once you once you once you wake up to that, then the implications are really bad, and that's why people don't want to wake up because right. then they're like, "Wait a minute, my government is trying to psychologically harm me. Why why would they make me do something that doesn't make any sense?" Um, and and once you start going down that path, it, it is scary. It is it is sad. I've heard so many old men, you know, grandpa included, like say over the years that the government control and the government control. And I was like, okay, grandpa, you know, kind of thing, just writing it off. But now I see this has been generations in the making, generations of indoctrination, generations of little government control here and there and there and there and there to get us where we are now. Right. But, but I, I feel very hopeful uh, because because we have really a grassroots movement, a political movement. Uh, if I had to summarize it, I would call it America first. Uh, it just seems to be what, what people are kind of galvanized by right now is the idea that, hey, uh, we, we need to make our own country prosperous and, and focus on that. And they're just regular people running for office. They're not like career politicians. And, uh, and what's happening with the... Uh, crimes that are going to be exposed, it's going to basically cause the collapse of the Democratic Party. And what, what Trump has been doing for four years is, is consolidating Republican power so that, and he's been endorsing all of these grassroots candidates. So not only is Trump going to win in November, but we're going to win uh, a majority in the House. We already have a majority in the Senate. We're going to confirm that. We Now we have a majority in the Supreme Court. We have a uh, more fair in the lower courts. So now we have a mandate for the next four years to pass any legislation we want to make America better. And so I, I'm very, very optimistic for the next four years. I, Of course, this kind of stuff is temporary. You have to keep on fighting for freedom. You can't just become complacent. Uh, so I'm very optimistic for the next four years. I had a note here to ask you what you thought the after election play would be, because I did watch Glenn Beck's analysis of what would happen, uh, you know, and they, he gave the the three or four different scenarios. He wins by a landslide. He loses the popular, he loses the electoral, you know, Biden wins, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, though, it's what you said. So much of this is so much bigger than Democratic versus Republican. I mean, we're talking Rothschilds, Rockefeller, Soros. We're going back generations, I mean, so much bigger than even America, really, if we were to strip it down. And I think that's been one of the hardest things is so many of my liberal friends say, this is about just Trump winning the election and all that stuff is going to go away if he wins or whatever. All about convincing you, like taking a different approach to get you to vote for him. And then they go right into all the terrible things he's doing for climate change and why they won't vote for him because of the environment, which is a soft spot for me because I love nature and I love the earth and I want, you know, 
the earth to be here for future generations. And I, and I do think that we need to improve our carbon footprint, but I don't, I don't think that we can just continue to allow the things that I believe have been happening because of that, you know? Yeah. I think many former liberals like myself also have a soft spot for the environment. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, th- that's why we need more than one political party in our system. If we if we have one party, then we're the same as communist China. Uh, so what needs to happen is there needs to be a new grassroots movement. All the people who were burned by Bernie Sanders for two times in a row need to create their own political party and uh, stand up for the environment and lobby the government to make sure that the environment is protected. Uh, but this whole climate change narrative has been used by the deep state to, to control us and consolidate their power. So people need to really wake up to that. If they really want to stand up for the environment, they can't be uh, voting Democrat. It's not going to work out. Never 100% has. agree. And actually just watched Kiss the Ground, big follower of Dr. Zach Bush. I really think it is about the desertification and what we've been doing to our soil. And that just, that ties into everything. I mean, that goes all the way back, you know, talking Roundup, talking vaccines, talking pesticides, it's all connected. And uh, truly, like you're saying, and this is hard for people to believe, but the deep state's hands in the manipulation and the mind control. I mean, if we look at, uh, glyphosate or um, mispronouncing it at this time. But if we look at that and we look at how that originated back in Nazi Germany, <laughs> you I, know, you can really start to see how this stuff has been poisoning our, our mind. Yeah. You know, really being healthy is like a radical thing nowadays. Um, there's a doctor in Germany, um, Dr. Klinghardt that talks about how, he, he basically is looking at our environment nowadays our, our, with the glyphosate and the food and, and the fluoride and the toothpaste and the water, the electromagnetic frequencies from our electronics and Wi-Fi and cell phones. And if you just put all that together and with, with uh, geoengineering in the skies where they actually do the chemtrailing, if you look at all of those things, they, they have like a synergistic effect with each other to keep us suppressed. And he said, if he didn't know any better, he would think that someone was doing all that stuff on purpose to keep us suppressed. And um, so really being healthy and eating healthy food and drinking healthy water and protecting yourself from EMF and, uh, and doing cleanses and things you need to do to protect yourself is like a radical uh, step of being independent and, and um, it, it's so necessary. It's a big part of uh, the great awakening, I think. And I have a whole separate channel on health. I just published a book called 43 life hacks for health and fulfillment to talk about all these different practices that I'm doing all the time, just to try to keep myself safety and, and detox myself from all of these chemicals that we've been talking about. I mean, so much. I've been tapping into a lot with the pineal gland and things like that. And as you were talking, I thought about how in March, when when our farmer's market was closed, but McDonald's was open, I knew right then this was not about the virus. Like right then. Right. I was yeah, like, Walmart no, no, stayed no, no, open, no, no. Lowe's stayed open. <laughs> but uh, all but the mom and pop All the small businesses and, and Amazon and, and all these delivery services, Uber, they all made a killing. Absolutely. Um, through this process. So you just follow the money. It's pretty simple to be a researcher. You just follow the money and it leads you right to the answers. 
so what's interesting is um, I, I have quite a few friends in the yoga community. I'm a, I'm a yogi myself. Um, I obviously live in rural America, very sustaining, grow my own veggies, uh, catch our own fish, all that kind of stuff. And what was interesting to me was having always been independent, middle of the road, seeing so many. And as a matter of fact, it was a lot of my yoga friends who started opening my eyes stuff. Um, traditional, very left liberal community, right. Of people who were almost the first on the draw to say, no, this isn't right. And start like sharing information and things like that. And at first I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of odd. But now I'm thinking, no, it's their lifestyle. They eat healthy. They live healthy. They tap into their meditative mind. They do all of these things. So they are not poisoned and they are not mind controlled. Right. whereby the people living in the cities that are eating the fast food and doing all of that, and this is not to pass judgment on anybody, just to say, you know, highly indoctrinated in this way because of the environment that they're in. Right. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things you recently talked about in one of your episodes is what's going to happen with gold. Can you share a little about your thoughts on that? Yeah, this goes to a, a bigger subject, which is, what is generally called financial reset. And basically the idea is that- Are we saying Nasara? Nasara? <laughs> yeah, some people believe that there's going to be um, a, a debt cancellation for, for everyone on the world and stuff like that. Um, but basically just the structures that be in the banking system have never had our, um, it's basically been a slave system. And uh, that this whole Great Awakening process that we've been talking about with Trump, Trump's new power, power structure is going to be giving more power to the people and be more equitable and prosperous for regular people. And so the question is, how would that happen? What would that look like? And the debt, um, just globally, just the amount of sovereign debt, consumer debt, uh, corporate debt, just the amount of debt that's, that's around globally, it's just completely unsustainable. You have nations like, like the United States that are spending most of their money uh, on servicing the debt that they have. And it's just not sustainable. There's no way that we can continue going this direction without defaulting on our debt. And um, it's interesting that China owns a good portion of our of our national debt. And so maybe we will default because we basically have a soft a soft world war against China right now. And Trump has said that he is going to make China pay for uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. So that's one of the things that could happen in a financial reset is basically resetting the uh, the re financial relationship between the United States and and, and China with with debt debt default or cancellation. Um, also, just the the federal banking system um, is like a rogue a rogue group of private bank shareholders, and uh, that just has nothing to do with a republic. Uh, so, so ending the Fed and perhaps returning uh, the U.S. dollar to being backed by some kind of hard uh, asset like gold, silver, real estate, oil, energy. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we've already seen some kind of soft transition where the U.S. Treasury is now controlling the Fed more than it ever has before. And so I, I'm thinking that 
a big part of this power transfer is going to have to do with, uh, you know, regular people not being debt slaves anymore. The debt is amazing. And it's interesting how it drives people to make decisions in their life that they maybe necessarily don't prefer because of that situation. Um, so I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, what you said about Trump saying he's going to make China pay. If there's one thing that I've learned about Trump mm -hmm. in 2020 is that he does not mince his words. He says exactly what he means. People just don't choose to listen or they take it out of context. And, right. and so if you actually pay attention to stuff like that, as you just suggested, you can get a lot of information about what his playbook yeah. is and what's coming it, next. It, yeah, I have a, I have a couple of examples of that. I remember when Trump said, they tapped my wire, my wires, you know, in Trump Tower, and and like the mainstream media is like Trump is saying without evidence that Barack Obama is spying on him. Well, you know, three and a half years later, we know exactly that's exactly what Barack Obama's administration and the, and what the FBI and, and the intelligence agencies were spying on his, his campaign. But it seemed like a big weird thing for Trump to say at the time. But he only tells the truth. Another thing that he said uh, when when there was that big uh, rally to protect the uh, in, in Charleston Virginia there's a there's a conflict between uh, people who wanted to protect the the Confederate statues and then people who were saying that they were racist and stuff well Trump said first they're gonna come after the Confederate statues then they're gonna start coming after Lincoln statues Washington Thomas Jefferson and that seemed kind of ridiculous, too, at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people mm -hmm. thought that was just a stupid thing to say. But here we are three years later, and that's exactly what they've done this year. They have torn down statues of Teddy Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he. I, I know. And, and that's what's crazy. I, I think I shared on the last podcast episode that you know, he sent all of these people on this, all this big pharma on this wild goose chase for, for vaccine. And if you listened at the RNC, he said to the lady that had COVID and recovered, he said, you're special, your blood is important um, because we've got that plasma thing going. And that's, that stood out to me when he said it, but it, nobody covered it. It was just right over, like no big deal. They passed right over. And then sure enough, he gets COVID, comes out and says, hey, I'm taking this antibody, blah, blah, blah. And look, I feel great. And it's all better now. I, I mean, truly incredible if you just really listen to what he says. Yeah, he said that he's going to make make this available for every American that wants it. So, so you know, and he says that, that the military will be will be there to distribute. So, you know, I, I listen very carefully and I believe I believe what he says now, some things that he says are for optics. For example, mm -hmm. um, people asked him in the, one of the town halls recently, last week or two, they asked him about QAnon. And he mm -hmm. said, well, the first time people asked him about it, he said, well, I know that there are people who love our country. And so, mm -hmm. and, and they like me and I appreciate that. And then, and then the town hall, he said, well, they're very against pedophilia and I'm also against that. Mm -hmm. So, and then he, then he keeps saying, no, I, I don't know anything about QAnon. Mm -hmm. So, so this is that plausible deniability, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and uh, it's very interesting what he chooses to say regarding 
QAnon followers being patriotic, being against pedophilia, because he's basically priming the public mm-hmm. for disclosure. Pedophilia. Yeah, a little bit. Awakening, you know, that it'll cause suicides. If you just yeah. tell people, everyone that they've worshipped their whole life in Hollywood yeah. are evil people who kill children or whatever, then they'll have a mental breakdown. But if you just slowly but surely start out with Hunter Biden, start out with some corruption, start out with some weird uh, pictures and turns into a video and then just bigger and bigger and bigger until people can handle it. Yeah, because it is unfathomable when you first hear it. I mean, I remember when I first went down that rabbit hole for about a week, I was in a bad place. I mean, yeah. just a really bad place. And and now, now I understand it so much better and I have so much hope as it pertains to the Great Awakening and the direction we're going and understanding that the fall of the cabal is part of it, that it's necessary for us to complete the ascension, you know? So, I mean, I'm in a different space now, but in the beginning that was really brutal. And I know some people are still in complete denial. Like that is just absolutely like, stupid crazy. But yeah, funny but, you story. Know, this, this has uh, already, there's already been a research community that's looked into the emails of the DNC, you know, the WikiLeaks posted and found all types of pedophile um, weird stuff about what these politicians uh, were saying about coded language related to pedophilia. So they call it Pizzagate. Um, so it is really heavy stuff. And it, it is hard to fathom when you're just living a regular life and <laughs> you're not connected to any weird, weird cults or whatever. But when you start looking at, hey, the higher you go up in the power structure, there's more people who are like super evil um, and psychopathic. And what do psychopathic people do? You know, they get off on, on hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim Cutler, I had him on last week or the week prior, and we talked about that. I mean, and I hadn't really thought of it in that way. And it's absolutely true. And what what's mind-blowing to me is just how utterly sloppy they are. Either that or egotistical, you know, like almost wanting to taunt it and be caught or something like that. I mean, it's really mind-blowing. Yeah, there's some kind of like, we have so much power, we're untouchable, so we can do whatever we want kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so just just today, a friend of mine was telling me about this Korean skincare where they don't hide. And this is gross. Plug your kids ears if you're in the car. Uh, They don't hide the fact that it is children's foreskin that is in the ingredients. And apparently Sandra Bullock and Ellen were like talking about how great it is and the fact that it uses this foreskin. And that's just absolutely disgusting. I mean, and, and how, how dis that we would hear that and blow it off and just go, Oh yeah, that's just celebrity talk, you know? Yeah. And there's aborted fetal tissue in the vaccines and in our food supply as well. So, um, that's once you learn of that and really look into it, it's, it's hard to look the other way. So, so this, so I'm curious, what do you think is going to happen on November 3rd? How do you think this is going to play out for the next, uh, you know, the next couple of days? What do you think is going to happen? Well, first I'll just, uh, say that geopolitics is extremely complex 
And uh, even though I've consumed all 5,000 of Q's posts, I'm still kind of trying to figure it all out myself. Uh, but what, thinking as far as a strategist, I'm thinking that Trump's strategy is to win in a landslide so that there's no kind of, um, no kind of guessing game as to who, who's in power. That would be really unhealthy for our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be, you know, because the mainstream media is so compromised, um, for them to be able to just declare, you know, unilaterally, they could just say Trump didn't win or we have to wait till all the votes come in to find out. They could try to play some games. But if it's a landslide, then it's really hard for the mainstream media to try to play that game. And so that's my um my thought of what's going to happen as far as the results of the election is that there it's going to be um, so much of a win that we don't have to wait for any of the votes to come in uh, post-election day. But I don't think that the deep state is going to just go out without uh, a fight, you know? And what I think they will do is activate all of their assets, mm-hmm. just like they've done this year with the organized rioting. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Trump has already said, like, hey, the military can do all the distribution of all of uh, these vaccines. And and so and also, of course, polling places, we could have terrorist attacks at polling places to try to get old people wow. to be afraid to go out and vote. Wow. Um, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Not just old people, but that, of course, elderly people would be thinking, about their safety more if there there was that kind of thing going on hmm. um but any and and the elderly vote's very important for, for trump so that's one of the reasons yeah. why i mentioned that yeah. um so so yeah i i think that we will have organized riding that's something that the q talked about in the early posts because if you look at the q posts they talk about the end game at the beginning of the posting and so um basically talking about how there will be organized riots, the military will be deployed. If big tech uh, tries to stop the ability for the president to communicate via the traditional means like he usually does from Twitter, then the emergency broadcast system will be activated. And uh, and basically, you'll probably get a message that says something like, stay in your homes, be calm, the military and police are um, taking care of uh, the unrest. and. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking that's the most violent, craziest time would be the first week after the election, because that's when everyone on the deep state side, whether they're, they know they're on the deep state side or, or not, they're going to be encouraged to make chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, wow. I, I'm very grateful that we have the most powerful military in the world on our side to, to keep the peace during this turmoil. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we have a manufacturing business in the beginning of COVID. We re we received a letter, um, from one of our clients that's, uh, you know, in the military domain. And it said, you are absolutely forbidden from shutting your doors. (laughs) That's the summary of it. Like you're going to continue making our parts and, um, because we're going to need them. (laughs) Um, And it was kind of like, woo, like it was a big, like, wow. You know, when you get that kind of letter from the federal government, it feels really big and heavy. Um, 
which hindsight's obviously makes all sense now, but, um, well, I, I really appreciate you coming on today. And I think for people listening that are new to this, they, they're probably going, yeah, you know, like just overwhelmed and maybe confused, um, for people that have been in it for a little while, it's making a lot of sense. And for other people who have slowly started to wake they're they're probably seeking. So this is good timing. There's something for everybody. Um, but I, I think that my takeaways from what you're saying are, you know, have enough food and water for at least a week. So you wouldn't need to leave your home and, uh, perhaps some sort of emergency broadcasting reception tool, like a, like a radio, uh, yeah, like radio. broadcast system, um, should work on your cell phone, TV, radio. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Normally, this podcast comes out on Wednesdays, uh, but next week it will be released on the 3rd. So hopefully people will hear it in the morning before the election and we'll know what to do <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Wednesday. So, well, thanks so much again, Sean, for coming on. And uh, can you share with people how they can get that um, the QAnon FAQ one sheet that you've got? Sure. Yeah, I have basically it's an eleven-page uh, short ebook that explains the basics about QAnon, and then I have 20, 23 minute videos that are like a kind of a beginner's course, and you can get that on my website QAnonFAQ.com. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much again. I appreciate it. Such good timing, and then any way that we can continue to get the message out, I think is important. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you.